Welcome to the Pain Solutions Podcast. Dr. Wayne Fimister is a family physician with a special interest in chronic pain, whose passion is finding solutions for this epidemic problem facing one-third of the adult population. He is a clinical associate professor at the University of British Columbia in Canada and has developed one of the first online medical trigger point injection courses for doctors and nurse practitioners, a technique that is easily learned and implemented into the medical office of any doctor or nurse practitioner treating chronic pain. To get free access to Pain Solutions newsletter, blogs, and to register for his online course, simply register at www.waynefimister.com. On the podcast, Dr. Wayne brings together experts from various segments to share with you how they solve people's pain problems and how you can get this treatment too. And now, here's your host, Dr. Wayne Fimister. Well, hello and good evening. Tonight, my very special guest is Dirk Terpstra. Dirk is living in Vernon in BC, so welcome to the show, Dirk. Thank you for having me. Very much appreciate it. And I really appreciate what you're doing. So Derek, we're just going to start off, started your life in Holland and you've came over to Canada 17 years ago. But for our audience, can you just give us a little bit of background which led you into the pain field? I grew up in the Netherlands and I worked my way through a corporate career. And at some point, we had some dynamics in the family going on and my dad developed a very rare form of cancer. And as soon as that happened, I actually knew right away why he got the cancer because there was a lot going on with my brother who was most of his adult life to was uh, not going well. And uh, my dad was clearly suffering that and uh, taking it very personal. And I began to see certain patterns where how people develop not just an illness, but also pain. And I was connected with a young kid. And then in a relatively short time frame, I lost my dad, the brother passed away, and the mom passed away. And it brought me really down emotionally. It was a very, very hard time for me. And But that was also the time that something happened there. I didn't know what to do anymore. My career didn't work the way I wanted to. It felt like meaningless. I wanted to do something more meaningful with my life. And this is actually how I started to look more into how can I help people on a deeper level. And this is how I got connected to a lot of the scientists that I started interviewing. A lot of the work that you're doing right now, this is why I appreciate it so much. And I learned a lot. And I was talking to a scientist, his name is Greg Braden, and he explained beautifully, you know, how the science of who we are and the place that we live in that we call Earth and the more spiritual aspects of who we are, he beautifully bridged that during our conversation. And I was really intrigued by that. And then a couple of months later, I was talking to Howard Martin, is the executive vice president of the Institute of Heart Math in California, a research-based organization. And then I thought, I have to be on this. I, I need to get involved in this. And this is actually how I got myself into uh, the work that I'm doing right now. So you met Howard and you got some training in heart math and now you're a certified heart math practitioner um, and you're now working here in BC with veterans. So, you know, how does that working out, you know, say your everyday life of helping these people that suffered lots emotionally, mentally, physically with their chronic pain situations? Something happened. 
I wasn't even focused on doing this. There was a psychologist who runs this program and he got me involved. And what I got to notice is when I work with the people who have been enduring a lot of emotional trauma, emotional pain, how it affects their physical body. And it keeps these symptoms coming back on a regular basis, whether it's fibromyalgia or it's brain-related issues, digestive issues. When I see this, and I know it's all related to the same emotional trauma, that really intrigues me. So we talk about the physical and the emotional and the mental body, but they are so deeply connected. And the beautiful thing is I work with them, and I take a very somatic approach because that's basically what heart math is and does. I'm sure we'll get into that. I see a lot of healing happening on both on a physical and an emotional level. So for our audience who's never heard of maybe somatic approach or heart math, can you describe in very basic terms what you're doing to bring this healing state into the body? Somatic means you, the body. To say it in very simple terms, from the moment that you and I were being conceived by our mom and dad up till today, the body holds memory of everything that we have been going through in life. Everything. Traumatic experiences, good experiences. The cellular memory is there always. And it transforms the body. And so if you want to help people to heal, it makes sense then that you also start using the body to help them heal instead of, for example, talking with them, a talk therapy that doesn't really work for people with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, or severe PTSD. So it's actually answering your first part of the question. And then the second part around heart math. So heart math, it's a not-for-profit organization. It's run by a group of scientists and they do research about the intelligence of the heart. It is a very intelligent organ, and it beats, of course, a certain rhythm. Emotional distress, for example, starts changing the beat-to-beat changes in the heart rhythm. The heart gives off like a very different signal. It's a less orderly signal, basically transferred through a big nerve system, a bundle in the body, the vagus nerve, up brain severe stress or prolonged periods of stress, the heart is continuously in a very incoherent pattern and it sends incoherent information up to the brain and the brain receives that information. Then the brain starts exactly executing the information that it gets. And if that is a continuous process, the body keeps feeling the same pain and it's a chemical cocktail that's being produced in the system. Okay, wow. So this is slightly different to what we're hearing in maybe the medical circles where you don't talk about the electromagnetic heart or the emotional heart. I know at HeartMath they've done the research and they're literally showing, as you said, this coherent electrical pattern that can be obtained when we do certain things. And and the opposite of that, if there's stress, um, it's an incoherent pattern. It's almost like a garbled message is going to the brain and the garbled message is coming out to the body and we call that chronic pain. So let's talk about this coherence. How do we become coherent in our heart to help our body and our pain? Basically, you can see it as follows. When the heart, the brain and the nervous system, if they are aligned in sync and they're working together really well, that's what we call coherence. Out of sync, coherent. 
And so there are actually basically two or three steps. Let's call it two and a half. And the first big one is breathing. We are very shallow breathers. And so when we breathe in deeper, the heart starts beating in a different pattern. This is all the research is showing. And that means electromagnetic field around the heart and in the system of your body starts becoming more co-functioning better with the brain and the nervous system. So if you breathe in really slowly, and we usually say for five seconds, slowly you inhale. And then after that, you just exhale really slow. You don't hold your breath and you develop a pattern. That's the first step. And what you're doing with inhalation, the heart actually speeds up. And when you exhale more than usual, the heart rate slows down. And now we create, and here's a new term, Wayne, for, for the listeners, we create a larger heart rate variability. And heart rate variability is actually goes along with the coherency because heart rate variability is extremely important for the system. It's basically a reflection of the resilience in the system, in the body. Does that make sense? It does. And I think you described it very simply that people can understand maybe new concept. But this slow breathing in for five seconds and slow breathing out basically changes our physiology and our heart rate and how it's all connected. And we can start to change our chronic pain situation. may take a little while because our bodies have been doing it for a long time for most people. But over time, our nervous system is changed. It's becoming neuroplastic or like plasticine in your hands is molded into a new form that relates to a healthier state and less pain. That's beautifully said. It sounds poetic, but it's true. And so that's actually the first step of creating coherency, the breathing in and out. The second step is that we bring awareness to the heart. And here it becomes a little hard for some people to understand me because some people might say, why? What does it mean? You know, matter why I bring awareness to my heart. Well, physics explains that where our awareness, where the attention goes, is also that makes the energy flow differently. And we can see that. We use biofeedback systems and we literally see in the graph the heart, the rate variability and the coherency change when you bring awareness to the heart. And then often people say, but how do I bring awareness to the heart? And most people have the tendency to think of their heart and then know, yeah, my heart is here. And I'm usually saying, you know, don't think of your heart, but feel it. And just imagine when you breathe in slowly and out, we even imagine that your heart has two little lungs you're breathing through. And now the awareness goes to the heart from an incoherent system into a very coherent system. And yes, a very supportive system for the physiology in the body. Beautiful. It's interesting we're talking in these terms. I think for myself in the last two months, it's something I've been increasingly aware of and been practicing as life changes for me a little bit. I'm able to do that more with people and not just people, but just simple things in life like enjoying a a cup of coffee or going for a run or stroking my dogs and just really feeling my heart while I do this. And it's, it's like a buzzing effect yeah. throughout my whole being. 
And this is what you're talking about. Step two of the coherent process. Yes. And, and you actually were talking already about the two and a half steps. It's also, you said, my dog will go for a walk. So what you're talking about is a feeling. You have actually a good feeling when you talk. And the third step is when you breathe slowly, what we just talked about, and you bring awareness to your heart. And the third is, can you feel and can you feel grateful for this moment? Maybe being outside or stroking your dog. Because the emotion increases further appearance in your system. So when we breathe, we bring awareness to the heart and we just enjoy the moment that generates the hot coherence in the system. And we see it all the time on the monitor. And it's a beautiful thing. And when I work with the veterans and they come in with a service dog and they find it difficult to create coherency and they look at the screen and they say, put an arm around your dog. And nine out of 10, the coherency just shoots through the roof. And it's really beautiful to see that. Amazing. I love this. Okay, so you're working with the veterans there in Vernon. And how much of these people are lives being changed and their pains reduced with this system? Like, say you see 100 people. How many of those are going to have their lives drastically changed for the better because of this? Yeah, so these are veterans and ex-RCMP who are on medical leave because they can't work because of their trauma because it's funded by Ministry of Veteran Affairs. I would say if you talk about drastically changed, at least 70 to 80%. Because we measure this, uh, I don't have the exact numbers here. And one of the things that changes them the most is the breath. And it's not because I teach that, because I teach much more there and I help them get connected to their body in a lot of different ways. But the breath is extremely important. But the problem, the biggest problem is, is that it is so simple. It is deceptively simple. And this is why the residential program that we work with or through for about four weeks, we repeat this every single day with the people because we need to create a new habit. And once it's a habit, start doing it quickly. And they come back after a couple of months and they come back for a follow-up week. And I said, you know, how is it going? All right, did you use your tools? And he said, well, the birth, it's amazing. It changes me for in so many ways. And chronic pain is one of the big ones because it changes the way the, the cell receptors actually respond in the body. Sorry, the pain receptors. Wow. Okay, well, that's, that's fantastic. You know, this is exactly what I do in my practice. I get people breathing. I get them slowing down and becoming aware and, and but I think what you've said tonight's clarified it even more where not only we're we going to slow down and breathe through the day and make it a pattern, but really enjoy it at that moment. And it kind of glues it together towards a more robust system that can be practiced on an ongoing basis. Because let's face it, who doesn't like to feel happy or who doesn't like to enjoy things? And that could be a struggle for us. It's certainly been my personal journey of struggle of enjoying just simple things in life. But now I feel there's been a swap and a change within me. And this is way more uh, possible. So there's obviously deep reasons. You know, we talked a little bit about your work with veterans, but, you know, traumas in life can come in any shape or form. My big breakthrough was 
just showed that we don't need to have a major life catastrophe like you know, being in a war and seeing people die in front of us or an RCMP officer dealing with life and death situations. But we can have simple things happen to us in life that maybe a school teacher yells at us in grade three or you know, you had a major breakup with a friend as a teenager or you know, some simple everyday things that happen but can be quite traumatizing for us in different ways and different layers. And um, these can really scar us and hold us back. And we don't really understand why we are the way we are. So I think my take-home message really from the last couple of months was slow down and breathe and just really enjoy the simple things, you know, with your dog, with your children, you know, with your cup of coffee or, you know, your meal that's been provided, or even just lying in your bed and just enjoying the warmth, you know, um, and just yeah. appreciating, using gratitude. And really, it's, it's, it's almost like magic, you know, it's almost like a new world opens up where we move away from the busyness, the humdrum of our modern day life to this appreciation place. And it's definitely something that I picked up from Howard Martin in a conference that I had with him a little while ago in a group conference. And he says, at the end of the day, we've got to be grateful for things. It's one thing that we can do to really help us on this journey. And it literally does change our physiology. Um, so that's kind of my experience along with, with this. And I think for all of us listening, you know, we can all relate to not being happy and you know, being disgruntled or stressed or too busy or you know, not feeling connected to ourself. But the breathing is the tool, along with gratitude and appreciation, to bring us home, as it were, to this more healing state. Yeah, and I'm, I'm very glad to bring this up because we live in a world where we have to do a lot of things and there's a lot available to us. And you know also about healing models. For many people, they get confused because we almost forget to enjoy the smaller moments in life. Just what you, And I just like to emphasize is that the heart math that we just talked about it's not about pushing away the things that you feel that are not good and just be happy. Or it is also not about meditation. This is not just about being mindful. It is a technique that helps you change your physiology. And everybody, even the most traumatized person that I know, can find in the moment maybe a really grateful for the care of a parent or a child or maybe just a favorite flower. These can be small things. The goal is, of course, not about happiness, but just find joy. And I actually like the word joy because it's just find joy in the, in the current moment and just be, yes, enjoying our coffee and not worrying too much about the caffeine and everything because we are being slammed you know, with so much information that we might become fearful. And fear is our biggest enemy when it comes to pain and chronic pain. Yeah. Okay, just to wrap up here, Dirk, could you maybe just share how our audience can learn more about HeartMath and make an impact in their life? What you can do, you can go to the uh, heartmath.org uh, website. If you want to learn a little bit more about what I do, you can go to my website, dirkterpstra.com slash heartmath, and maybe also how you can find a heart math trainer if you're interested and maybe follow a workshop 
I'm sure there are a few in the lower mainland. And I travel also quite a bit through Western Canada. So that's probably the easiest. Okay, well, I encourage the audience, if you're here in the lower mainland in Vancouver, check out the websites, get along to a workshop. I know you're doing one um, in Vancouver next month. And I had the privilege of joining you last month in one in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was great. It was just, uh, you know, 18 months ago, I read the HeartMath Solution book, which is also another resource available on Amazon and really made my heart sing, literally, to read about the signs of this and how yeah. lives are being changed. And it's been beautiful just to introduce this into my own practice so my patients can get the benefit. But yeah, wonderful resource. Mm-hmm. Been around for you know almost, almost 30 years now, the science of this, which is truly remarkable. And it's like we're not incorporating this in mainstream medicine, but I see the future that this will be mainstream medicine when there's enough people doing it and talking about it. So I know we're both committed to changing how things are practiced and therefore help more and more people find solutions for their for their pain. So it's been great to have you on here, mm. Dirk, tonight. I'd love to get you back on. I know you've got a big project coming up. You're about to launch it. It's a global project on this whole subject. But that's going to be another podcast. So Listeners, look out for it, and we'll get Dirk back on once again. Any final comments for our audience tonight? Well, I, I, first of all, I really appreciate what you're doing, Wayne, because we, we both care a lot about humanity on this planet. But what I wanted to say is, please, when you don't know what to do, just give your breath and just trust that the intelligence that once created you that insane intelligence still lives in your body, despite the fact that you're suffering from chronic pain. Just get connected with your body. And that's the best advice that I could give to anybody. If you don't know what to do, go within. Breathe and just feel if you notice any changes in the moment. And just enjoy what you're doing in that moment. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Dirk. You have a great evening and I look forward to talking to you soon.